News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk. Now the time is a quarter past seven. Approved housing bodies should be scrapped and social and affordable housing should be put back in the hands of local authorities. So wrote Business Post columnist John Walsh recently. Uh, John, very interesting piece. Set out your stall. Why do you believe this is a good idea? Well, I suppose, first of all, um, I'd really like to emphasise this is not to be critical of approved housing bodies. They do, you know, vitally important work. And I'm not trying to take away from that. Um, I suppose what I'm trying to aim at here is not what they do, but currently how they do it. Um, now, I'm not going to win any popularity contest uh, by telling you where I'm getting the material for this, uh, column, but it was from property developers who are at the coalface of this. Um, these are the people who ultimately supply the end product, the housing. Um, and what they would say is the system as it is currently stocked up is not working. Uh, instead of addressing a housing crisis, um, it's adding to, to the constraints. Um, for example, and I suppose this is really the, the meat of it, approved housing bodies under the current system, they deal with the housing agency, um, they deal with the housing finance agency, they deal with government approved um, lawyers or government appointed, appointed lawyers um, and other government agencies. Um, and the system has become so bureaucratic that, you know, the time lag between signing a contract and getting payment uh, is up to five years. And in, in, certainly in one case, in, in, with one developer I spoke to, um, now he, his argument is that this isn't tenable. This just isn't viable any longer, uh, especially in an era of rising interest rates uh, where the cost of funding is going up. Uh, and remember, under these types of contracts with approved okay. housing bodies, um, developers don't get paid until the end, uh, until they deliver the housing. You actually went further and said that a contract from an approved housing body isn't enough anymore to get funding because the system is so unreliable. But why would local authorities be any more efficient? Isn't that really why government haven't moved back towards that model? Because public sector workers pay and conditions are so good that it would be very expensive and they worry about accountability and inefficiency. Well, yeah, and I, I suppose this is what I'm saying in, in the article. Um, what we need is a radical approach, a radical restructuring of what's happening at the moment. We have 31 local authorities and I wouldn't for a minute suggest that authority should be handed back to 31 local councils for this. I think what you need is five regional uh, authorities kind of five superstructures. Um, But more importantly, and the crucial part of this, is that funding has to be decentralised. The blockage in the system at the moment is that funding is centralised. And that's what's leading to such heavy bureaucracy. Now, if funding was decentralised to local authorities, give them the money every year and give them the political accountability and say, look, it's your responsibility to deliver um, whatever targets are are there in social social and affordable housing. And would you do that with a carrot and a stick kind of approach where you'd incentivise them to reach targets or penalise them or sanction them in some way if they didn't? I do hear what you're saying and I've no doubt that the bureaucracy and inefficiency and slowness of delivery is part of the reason we don't have as many houses as we, we should. But I think many people wouldn't necessarily think that the local authorities would do anything much different even if there was only five of them. I'm not so sure about that. I, I just think that we need a radical 
departure from what we're doing. There was a study last year by the Economic and Social Research Institute, which said that as it stands, 90% of people are approaching retirement age. Um, that's the 65 age group at the moment. 90% of them have their own houses. So that offers them security in their old age. Whereas mm-hmm. if you look at it at the moment, only 30, only about 60% or less of people currently in the 35 to 44 year old uh, age cohort will have housing when they enter retirement. So, and that trend is likely to get worse. So what we're looking at in the future is huge, huge social problems coming down the tracks. So we can't continue with the, the, the approach we're taking at the moment. Maybe lastly, there are some differences in terms of pay and conditions that public sector employees have now, though, but also in terms of the spec that is expected for basic accommodation. The state flew up houses back in those days, but they didn't have marble kitchen islands and that kind of thing uh, in a three bed semi starter home as they have now. No, that is true. But but, I mean, I think I mean, obviously, there are problems at the moment with staffing and resources at a local level. But I mean, these problems are not insurmountable. Um, I think as a system, it potentially delivers more efficiencies. Uh, and in certainly speaking to developers, um, they would say it's a system that works would work better than what is currently not working at the moment. Um, okay. And I just think it's something that should be looked at. I also point okay. out in the article, it probably won't um, because it's way too radical. Business Post columnist John Walsh, thank you for speaking to News Talk Breakfast. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.